audio. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Doc Talk with Monument Health. My name is Mark Houston, and joining me again is Dr. Nicholas Hobson, who is a urologic surgeon at Monument Health, also served as a major in the U.S. Army Medical Corps. Doctor, glad to have you back. Thanks. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I didn't scare you off enough last time, so you said, yeah, you do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Had some people jabbing me in the back. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, well, if, if people want to uh, hear the first podcast you did with us, they can go back to episode 58 when we were talking about prostate and prostate cancer and prostate issues and things that guys just love to sit around and talk about. I, yeah. I, I don't know, but you had some great answers on it, of course. And, um, you know, it was uh, it was interesting to learn a lot about that. As, as guys, we hear about this our entire life. Um, you hope that you never have problems with it. You might, I suppose, right? Is it, um, is, is, it, is it generally that most guys will have an issue with it or, 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 or not? Actually, yeah. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> so the prostate, uh, you know, it's a, it's a sexual gland. It's mm-hmm. really important for um, sexual function. It produces some of the fluid that comes out when you ejaculate. Right. Um, and the, the nerves that, uh, and blood flow uh, that control erections go right around the outside of the prostate. So it's very integral to that. But as men age, it tends to cause problems. And actually, if you don't, not all men will get prostate cancer, but almost all men will have problems with the enlargement of the prostate. Now, does it play into a little bit about what we're going to talk about with this podcast, which is benign prostatic hyperplasia? Yeah. Uh, is it is it a is is it all kind of is that system all kind of tied in to to this issue too? So, um, you know, as as men age, they become a higher risk for prostate cancer, uh-huh. but almost a higher risk for this issue of benign prostatic hyperplasia or BPH. And as, and as scary as it sounds, it, it, it isn't that scary, is it? No, <laughs> it's kind of... what it is a little? Yeah, so, so most men who come in to see me will, will often start off by saying, I just thought this was a part of getting older. Right. You know, spending twice as long in the bathroom, <laughs> <laughs> suddenly hearing, you know, they, they'll make comments about hearing the flow of the... 20-year-old in the stall next to them and being jealous of that. Right. And so what, what happens is as men age, the prostate slowly grows. Some, for some men, it grows a lot faster than others. Um, but what it does is it, it chokes off the bladder in a way. It decreases the flow. And so it causes all kinds of problems for urination. And, um, and so it, it, it really affects quality of life for a lot of men. So are there, are, I mean, if it's going to happen to all of us then, I suppose the answer you would want out of a podcast like this is, um, can, it, can it be stopped or slowed? Or, or are there different things you can do in your lifestyle to, to make sure it doesn't happen as fast? Yeah, so um, about 60% of men age 60 have prostate uh, problems from enlarged prostate. And then by the age of 80, about 80% of men so um, there are things that you can do. Um, there are, so we have a lot of different treatments. We have, um, I, I wouldn't say there's necessarily 
foods or um, lifestyle modifications that you can do to prevent this from, from happening. There are some lifestyle modifications you can do to maybe decrease some of the symptoms men experience. Um, and then there's some supplements out there that have shown some um, some ability to improve the symptoms. Really? Uh, can, can you be specific with any of them? Yeah, so one of the most common ones is saw palmetto. Oh, it's really? A plant. Yeah. Um, and that's probably the most studied natural supplement. And, you know, you'll see if you stay up late enough, you'll probably <laughs> watch and watching stay up late enough watching TV. You'll probably see commercials for right. uh, a whole host of different supplements. And I don't have any connection to any of them. Mm-hmm. And I don't um, and and studies aren't great to support their use. There have been some studies out there uh, and some of them are OK. Um, and some of them show maybe some benefits, but it's a little foggy on if, if they're actually effective. Right. So, but I've had a lot of patients come into my office, say they take this or that, and they, they feel like it helps. And, and generally, it doesn't seem like it, it harms them. So um, those, those can be something that, that men can try on their own before they see a professional. Now, are there, um, are, are there instances where this condition can turn serious? Yeah, so um, I've been thinking a lot about this lately, a little bit more about how uh, we can do a better job of preventing those serious things from happening. So um, as urologists, we're basically human plumbers. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, yeah. So the bladder and the prostate is part of the lower urinary tract system, so part of the the big major portion of our human plumbing. And so the prostate causes an obstruction of the bladder. So the bladder has to work harder to push the urine out. And that leads to problems like um, weaker stream, um, increased frequency of urination, a stronger urge to urinate. Um, str- you, a lot of men have to strain to get the urine out. And that's because the bladder's having to work harder. And as it works harder, it um, becomes irritated and, and, a, and a, unable to hold as much urine. So um, men are also having to go to the bathroom more at night, and, and so that affects their sleep. But what can happen is the bladder can weaken over time, or the prostate can become so obstructive that the bladder just can't push anything out anymore. And so quite often, uh, more often than li- I'd like to see, we have men coming in who are no longer able to empty their bladders, and then they need to be dependent on a catheter, which is a tube that um, goes through the the urethra and the penis, or sometimes we place a, a tube through the belly straight into the bladder if we can't get a catheter in. For right. Well. Uh, so, is there when you guys are are looking at this and 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 you're studying more of this, um, uh, you, you kind of mentioned the risks a little bit of having to use a catheter. Of course, um, are there are there other side effects of, of treatment, either with the natural supplements that you use or even over-the-counter or prescribed medication? Yeah, so, um, you know, I'll just walk you through how I treat a patient yeah, who comes in the first time. Yeah, let's do that. Perfect. So, um, usually pre- referred by his primary care physician, having worsening symptoms, um, weak stream and whatnot, the things I mentioned before. And so, if they haven't tried uh, medication, that's usually what we start off with. That's what most men are wanting to do. So we have a, a number of medications. Um, the first 
line medication that we typically start with is called an alpha blocker. It, it blocks some receptors in the prostate and, and bladder area that help relax the prostate and allow the urine to flow through. Um, one of those medications is called tamsulosin, and another one, alfuzosin. They kind of sound the same, but they all do similar things. Um, and most people respond pretty well to that. It can cause some lightheadedness, decrease in blood pressure, and one of the side effects of that medication is to um, cause men to shoot blanks when they ejaculate. It causes a dry ejaculation. Um, and um, another medication is uh, a class of medications called uh, phosphodiesterase inhibitors. And what it does is it blocks testosterone from acting inside the prostate, which uh, testosterone actually works on the prostate to cause it to, to grow over time and um, also helps it with its function. But with those that class of medication, it can actually shrink or decrease the size of the prostate up to 25%. Well, when you're talking about testosterone now, most guys, as they get older, testosterone is something they want more. Yeah. But if you're having a problem with this, then you're taking a medication that reduces it. So it's kind of a, it's a, I guess it's a trade-off of that. Yeah, so actually this medication will just block the testosterone that works, block the, the uh, mechanism of action inside the prostate. So it doesn't necessarily decrease the amount of pro- oh, testosterone really? inside your body. Oh, didn't even know that could be a thing. I thought testosterone <laughs> was testosterone, I yeah, guess. Yeah, so it, it blocks this, uh, that um, pathway inside the prostate. But it can have some sexual side effects like um, decreased libido or sex drive. It can... Um, cause some worsening of erectile dysfunction so and things like that. When do you when do you recommend somebody come in to see you then for a condition like this? So uh, we have a, a great questionnaire that helps us a lot kind of determine how, how bad someone's symptoms are. It's called the International Prostate Symptom Score, and anyone can go online and Google that and kind of get an assessment of where their symptoms are. Um, but... Uh, it's a, a scoring system out of 35 points, and, and we use that pretty much with every patient that walks in the door with has any kind of complaint of urinary symptoms. And that, uh, so if you score in, in, your score is like from 1 to 8, that's considered mild symptoms. If it's 9 to approximately 18, then that's considered moderate. And then anything up to between 18 and 35 is considered um, severe. Now, is this something that they have to come in and see you to check, or can they, like, get online and do this? They can do that online. Lots of times primary care physicians will screen them for this, but lots of times it just starts as a conversation with their with their family doc or primary care provider saying, hey, I, I'm getting up, like, two or three or four times at night. Um, it takes me forever to, to pee. And so primary doctor may start them on a, one of those medications I mentioned. And, and if then at that point they're still having issues, that's usually when they get sent to us. So, and, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying as a, as a surgeon, we have surgical options to help. Oh, so it can get as far as that as well. Yeah. We have minimally invasive procedures and a little bit more invasive um, surgical procedures. So I, I kind of use the analogy of um, Drano um, and being like, or the medications being like Drano for a, a clogged pipe. Yeah. In my experience, Drain or those types of things don't really work mm-hmm. real well or for too long. Um, but to really get the clog out, you've got to stick something down there and pull it out. And so 
in my mind, that's what surgery is like. You're going through the the clogged pipe and actually physically opening it up. That's it's just the, the the imagery of that for men listening right now. A lot of them are like, "Oh boy," <laughs> but but you're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, if you want it fixed, that's how it has to happen, right? Now, is this um this is this as you're telling it about family doctors and having that conversation? I've noticed when you know I go for yearly exams, I get the question from my doctor all the time. How many times do you get up at night to go to the bathroom? So what is a, a normal number as guys age? Yeah, so um, that can vary. Most people probably get up z- zero to two times a night, you know, depending right. on if you drank something right yeah. before you w- went to bed. You know, you may drink a whole bottle of water because mm-hmm. you're thirsty. You're working hard that day right before you went to bed, and you're likely going to have to pee at some at least once at night (laughs) right um but as as you age that tends to be more difficult to go through the night without peeing um there are other factors that can cause you to have to pee at night such as diabetes um sleep apnea and uh, you know a few other things just other people who have aches and pains may need to get up and and stretch um but certainly the prostate can can cause that and i've seen people get up Every hour at night. Oh, I mean, that's te- that's just terrible. I mean, yeah. for your sleep alone. Yeah, and then it's hard to go back to sleep. Right, exactly. So, yeah, it, it really affects your quality of life. And then if it's getting to the point where your bladder is not emptying, then uh, you can also be doing quite a bit of damage to your bladder. And once you get to a certain point of damaging your bladder, then, then there's really no going back. Um, and you may have to be dependent on a catheter or learning how to catheterize yourself for the rest of your life why does how does it how does it ruin your bladder um you know if you go to the bathroom and you go some but it so your bladder has to be emptied completely then or it can be yeah it can be damaged so your bladder is kind of like a balloon and when you blow up a balloon and leave it full for a really long time it usually usually loses its elasticity over a period of time and so that's kind of what happens to your bladder. Your bladder is um, covered in, in muscle, and that muscle is what squeezes when you pee. And that muscle can get worn out. And so also uh, with a, a bladder that's dealt with obstruction for a long time, it tends to get really thick. Um, we call that hypertrophied. Um, and because of that, it can lose its function. And that also be mani- can be manifested as those frequent urges to urinate because the bladder can no longer hold as much. Or um, you can get a really big floppy bladder where uh, sometimes men don't really notice that they're holding so much urine still and they're not emptying at all. The the normal bladder capacity for an adult male is about half a liter or um, trying to do the calculations of <laughs> yeah. ounces in my in my mind right now but if you have like a two liter bottle of soda yeah. that's like a half a of quarter that. There of that. You go. okay um and so it, sometimes we see men walking in with a, a liter to two liters in their bladders and they have no oh. idea because it's been such a gradual process that they don't really feel it so what i'm taking from this whole conversation doctor is when your your your, your family doctor asks you the question about getting up to go to the bathroom answer it honestly right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't pretend like it's not a thing that happens because it could uh, it could lead to bhp or benign yeah. prosthetic hyperplasia yeah it does really it does really make me sad to have patients come into my office um, and and i i can't offer them we, we sometimes we can try surgery but mm-hmm. if they're to the point where 
nothing will really work to stimulate their bladder anymore. Um, even af after we've treated the obstruction, then they, st you know, it, it makes me sad to think they'll have to be dependent on a, a catheter right. to learn how to catheterize themselves the rest of their life. Yeah, you just, I mean, if you take anything from these podcasts, you know, take information like that and really mull it over, right? Uh -huh. Because that is something you don't want to do, for sure. Uh, Dr. Nicholas Hobson, uh, urologic surgeon at Monument Health. Thank you very much for coming in to talk about this, doctor. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Doc Talk with Monument Health is recorded live at Home Slice Studios, hosted by Mark Houston, edited by Russ Hatton, engineered by Chris Jaquis, and produced by Kelsey Kinney and Rob Henry.